Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cochilillo, and today we have Denver Michaels. He is um, sort of a jack of all trades. He's an expert on cryptozoology, giants, and the paranormal. Thanks for coming on today. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, um, so what got you started first? Was it the cryptozoology, the paranormal? I, you know, I guess, um, I kind of all of it, I guess I, I've just kind of always had a, uh, fascination for the un- unknown, if you will. I guess what really, I guess the first thing that piqued my interest was probably around middle school age, you know, uh, uh, reading books about, um, you know, things like ESP, uh, telekinesis, that sort of thing. I remember, um, you know, and, uh, I guess around sixth grade, I was, I was reading these, um, reading these books, uh, about, uh, you know, people bending spoons, <laughs> that sort oh, of yeah. thing with their mind. And no I don't way. know, I guess that kind of, <laughs> yeah, that, I guess kind of put me down the rabbit trail, I guess. And, um, you know, a little later on in life, uh, really kind of got interested in cryptozoology, uh, lake monsters, Bigfoot. And, um, you know, just, uh, I've always had an interest in these things. I just, uh, I, I, I don't really know why, I guess I'm just wired that way. Yeah, me too. Actually. I, I, I remember for myself, um, I remember as a kid, I used to watch this show called, in, it was, it was in, in search of, not in search of, yeah, in search. But it was search with with Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and, and, and and that's what just started it all for. Me. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. You say that I uh, I really was into. Um, uh, I guess I can kind of point to where I kind of got interested in lake monsters. Uh, I uh, was watching. You know, my favorite show uh, when I was a. I, I guess around, I guess I was a teenager, probably around 15, somewhere in there was the unsolved mysteries. And, uh, they did an episode on the Ogopogo on that. And I just remembered that. And it just, it just stuck with me and it really kind of, you know, kind of opened my mind to a lot of these, uh, you know, cryptozoology, uh, type topics. Yeah. I mean, the lake monster is pretty cool because they've been, there, it's one of those phenomena, just like Bigfoot. It's all around the world. There's different lakes. I mean, everybody's mostly familiar with Loch Ness, obviously. I think that's definitely the most famous. And then there's Ogopogo. And uh, what's the other one? Lake, lake Champagne, Champy? Yeah, yeah, Champ, yeah. Um, do, do you have any the- uh, lake monster theories of your own? Well, it's just, uh, to me, I, I think that they, uh, that there might just possibly be some sort of, um, you know, prehistoric, um, holdovers, if you will, that, uh, you know, didn't quite die out. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I know it's kind of, um, you know, to, to the mainstream that 
that's a, that's a far reach, I guess. But when you look at uh, how many of these reports there are, and like you said, from all over, you know, lakes all over the world. And the other thing I would point out is, uh, to me, the lake monsters and, you know, your sea serpents, things like that, there's just so much water and, and it's so, uh, inaccessible and hard to, um, you know, really hard to, hard to find things. There's, there's just so much water, so much places for these things to hide that it seems that at, to me, out of all the cryptids that those are, uh, your, your water monsters are the ones that could definitely exist. I mean, there's a lot of people out there looking for Bigfoot, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's a lot harder to track down, a you know, a lake monster. It's, uh, they, the, the money, that you have to invest in equipment and uh, things like that. And um, it, there's just not as many people looking for these things. Absolutely. It's not like you're able to, it's not as easy as going out in the woods and banging a stick against a tree. Yeah. And, and yeah. That's the point I'm trying to make. So <laughs> you just have so many fewer people, uh, you know, trying to obtain evidence. Evidence is harder to obtain, right? I mean, uh, you know, you're not, you're not going to get footprints, things like that. You, you just, the water, it just presents a whole other obstacle. And so I've always thought that, that these things could exist, you know, call me crazy, but I, I kind of believe in it. I absolutely, definitely in the ocean, you know, there, there's, there's definitely th things there that we haven't found, you know, it wasn't until was the last, 10 years that he finally acknowledged that like giant squids exist. Yeah. And, and they're just, uh, they're just always uh, finding new things. And, you know, if you even, even in rivers, like, like the Amazon, their Amazon river and its tributaries, they're constantly uh, finding new species of fish and things that they, that they didn't know existed. So I know it's a stretch, but I mean, who knows, maybe someday, you know, these champ and, uh, Ogopogo, um, you know, it may, maybe it'll be solved someday. Who knows? Maybe. Do, do you think it's just a species or are you one of those people that also um, are open to, you know, more, uh, you know, like, like interdimensional type of theories, like, oh, they're coming in out of vortexes, stuff like that. Well, I mean, for the, for the cryptids in general, I, um, I, I kind of leave that open. Uh, that, that makes a lot of people mad. Uh, a lot, there's a, there's a segment of, uh, you know, diehard flesh and blood, uh, cryptozoology guys and gals that, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, an undiscovered species. And, you know, if you, if you bring up some of the, the weird things about Bigfoot and, uh, you know how that kind of lend itself to it possibly being interdimensional or something. I mean, a lot of people <laughs> get pretty upset about that. And, but I mean, uh, I, I leave that open, but as far as lake monsters, that's to me, that's the one cryptid that I'm, I'm pretty much 95% sold on it being an undiscovered species. J yeah. Just because, you know, what we were talking about earlier with the, yeah, just with this, there there being so much water and it, it's so hard to um, to track down. And hey, you do get some um, 
high strangeness here and there with with the with some reports but you know for the most part you you don't get a lot of the um you know the real weird stuff with with your lake monster reports like you do some of your your bigfoot and dogmen and these other things Mm -hmm. um have you been to any of these lakes done any diving or snorkeling or anything I've been to many of the lakes. Um, you know, I haven't really done a whole lot of meaningful uh, field research, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. it's more just, uh, you know, boating around the lakes, uh, you know, trying to kayak in some of these coves and stuff, hoping to, you know, maybe find you know hopefully find like a like like a dead body or something you know because <laughs> that's what it's pretty much going to take but yeah i mean i've not found anything meaningful myself and um you know i haven't i haven't invested you know the money and the equipment and things necessary to really you know to really do anything meaningful with it yeah that and that's what makes it hard with, with all of this is is basically time and money yeah. And, you know, I, uh, I grew up in Virginia and, you know, where I lived, uh, I, I think there's only like two natural lakes in Virginia. So for me to, to even get to a lake where you would have a meaningful shot to uh, find anything. I mean, you're, you're talking quite a long drive, you know, you, you, you know, you at least need a, a decent boat and all of that. And, um, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, do some expeditions, uh, and things like that. But, um, it's it, just, the, the, the money necessary is, is a big obstacle. And, and like you said, time. So I, I've more, uh, most of my, uh, cryptid, uh, field type stuff is, uh, land-based uh, mm-hmm. animals. Cause, uh, you know, like you said, you can, you can just go out in the woods and, you know, maybe you can find a track or, or some hares or, or something, but, uh, it's, it's quite a different story to, you know, just go lake monster hunting one day. <laughs> so let's kind of talk about, it looks like one of your specialties is giants. Yeah, I've always had a keen interest in giants. And um, I, I mean, this goes back to, um, this, this really goes back to when I was a little boy also. Um, you know, just from uh, you know, Sunday school. You know, I was, I was always really fascinated by the uh, the uh, David and Goliath tale. I mean, every, every kid, um, you know, from a evangelical uh, household or, or whatever, is is told that story. And I mean, everybody knows it, whether you're a Christian or not. You know, yeah. the little shepherd boy slays the mighty giant. You know, because of his um, trust in God and yada yada yada. And as a, as a young boy from a, from a conservative uh, Christian household where, you know, the word of God, whatever's written in there is is taken as literal truth. So, you know, I'm literally taught that a literal guy, almost 10 feet tall, you know, this little shepherd boy killed, you know, and, um, I didn't really, you know, I, I didn't really care so much about, uh, Oh, anything's possible. If you just believe I was more hung up and fascinated by there was really a, a 10 foot tall 
people back then. And it was one of those things that, uh, just always stuck with me. And, um, yeah, the, the older I got, uh, you, you know, you learn about, um, a lot of the newspaper reports, uh, county histories, uh, things like that from the 18 and even, uh, you know, up into the, you know, middle half of the 19th or 20th century, I'm sorry, that, um, you know, people finding these uh, skeletal remains, you know, seven, eight, nine feet tall, you know, throughout the U.S. And uh, it just kind of just kind of grew from there. So what do you think of the uh, conspiracy theory that the Smithsonian is hiding these skulls or skeletons of giants well you know i uh if you go back through a lot of the old reports and you know any any of your listeners listening you can the the thing about it is is you you know you hate to cry conspiracy all the time because then you know, nobody, nobody really listens and you hate to cry conspiracy just just because you can't uh, produce any any evidence and you know a lot of your uh, your bigfoot people and things like that try to tell you that um you know there's no evidence for bigfoot because the government's hiding it you know i don't really uh you know subscribe to a lot of that but when, when you're talking about the smithsonian and giants in their own writings and your your listeners can can find this for themselves there's a the uh, fifth uh the fifth annual report and uh 12th annual report to the smithsonian these are all digitized you can get them right off this uh smithsonian's website or um you know internet archive uh you know you you, you can find these things they're all digitized you can download a pdf and in their own writings, they there's numerous uh, reports, especially in the, in West Virginia, where um, they talk about skeletons seven and a half feet tall that their own field agents found, and and it and it you know talks about uh, how they shipped them to the Smithsonian. Um, a lot of them they they have measurements. Some of them are just described as large or very large, but, uh, there's a lot of measurements given, you know, seven feet, seven and a half feet. And so in their own writings, their own people, have recovered these skeletons and oh no we, we don't hear things they're hiding from the public uh, what i do think is that uh, at some point they probably um destroyed or uh, you know you know just dumped got rid of these um anything that they might have had remaining after the uh say early mid 90s uh might have been uh given back to you know tribes for um uh, you know, for reburial, you know, with the, uh, uh, Native American Graves uh, Protection Act. But, uh, I, I don't think that they have anything and, but I do think that they, you know, did cover 
cover up some of this. I mean, you think if they found like you know these skeletons of giants, it would just be huge news, and it would you know change our view of, of human history. Well, I mean, back when they were finding these things, I mean, I, I think that's where where. Uh, what am I trying to say here? Back in the days when, when most of these things were found in, in the late 1800s, you know, early 1900s, that sort of thing, you know, it was, it was big news. Like a newspaper would report if, you know, a farmer uh, plowed up a mound and, and found a big skeleton, but it, I don't guess it was the groundbreaking thing that it would be today because, you know, back then I think people kind of took for granted that there were giants, uh, on the earth because, mm-hmm. you know, back, back in those days, you know, more people had a literal interpretation of the Bible, you know, every, and it was just kind of more wide Oh, did I, I, don't, I don't know what happened there. I just, yeah, yeah. Like I just you were kind of cutting out and, and coming back in. So a, a lot of what you said, I didn't get. Oh, shit. Hold on. <laughs> so you're going to have to repeat it. Oh, that, that's okay. Um, What uh, What were we talking um, about? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I started rambling. And uh, what was the question again about? Um, oh, about the uh, covering up of the giants. And, and yeah. Like, like my, my, my thing was... Um, you know, like how it would be like, um, huge news now. Yeah. 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 You're right. And now it would be huge news. I mean, you would think it would be huge news, but a lot of your, um, it's, it seems like a lot of your, uh, discoveries even today that don't fit the paradigm kind of get shoved aside. Like, um, you know, like with the, uh, some of the things in the Amazon, I was reading about some, uh, some, some cave paintings and, and, and pictograms and things they found there that, uh, didn't really line up with, uh, when they thought people were in South America and they kind of, they kind of sat on that before releasing it for a few years. So, you know, things that don't fit, it, it's hard to get them out, but back then, you know, finding giants was more people went to church back then it was uh people kind of took the bible more literally back Mm -hmm. then so you know finding giant bones was it was just like yeah like like in genesis there were giants in those days and that's what a lot of your your uh your headlines uh said they they took the verse from genesis and you know led off with a headline and then farmer so and so you know plowing his field found these bones and uh so it was it would be bigger today i think than than back then yeah i mean because we have more of a um a darwin type of view now so yes and and the, the idea of giants doesn't necessarily fit into that view. No, I mean if you think about it, these these giants and um, a, a lot of the discoveries talk about you know uh, some of the skulls had double rows of teeth and, mm-hmm. and even a lot of the ones that didn't. He, uh, a lot of the the reports talk about the teeth being free of decay and things like that. And that's, you know, you would expect the farther back we go with people, right. That their teeth are going to be, 
you know, nasty and rotten. They don't have the dental care that we do today. But, you know, uh, a lot of I, I've, I've seen a lot of things where they kind of marvel that the that the teeth are perfect and free of decay. And and, you know, these people, they're they're, you know, they're bigger, but it's not it's not like a. um you know, like a, a pituitary uh, type issue. You can tell that they're, you know, that their frames are, are proportional and, and things like that. And it seems like that, uh, you know, that, the, that these people had better genes than we do today, right? So that would kind of go against the, uh, the Darwinian view in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, if they had better genes and they were bigger and stronger than us... Um, I mean, my first question would be, why aren't they, why aren't we still seeing them? Well, why aren't to they me, here with us, you know? Well, I think, uh, I, I, it, it's my theory that, uh, uh, you know, most of them were, were wiped out. It, I, I am of the belief that, uh, that the giants back then, they kind of carefully um, kept their bloodline intact. And what I mean by that, think about your European royal families, right? They they kind of intermarry. Um, you know, they only uh, breed with other royal. You know, they, they've got their own little royal caste system almost right. set up yeah. you know and i think uh, in a lot of ways it was you know as, as history went on it was it was kind of like that for these giants right at, at first they're you know they're these they're these huge they're these big people and so you know they um they rule over these um you know smaller people and and then if you go back far enough i mean it it's possible that they uh even might have represented uh the gods and in, in a lot of your your ancient mythologies or your gods your demigods that sort mm -hmm. of thing and i think that they uh you know that they were careful to you know keep their own you know bloodlines um you know so that uh so that they're kind of running things and so you had probably a class of you know, chiefs, uh, shamans, uh, you know, uh, you know, military, uh, type leaders and that sort of thing. And so your, uh, your military guys that, that were big, you know, they're, they're going to be the ones that are going to get, uh, wiped out, you know, in battles and, and things like that. And, um, you know, if you, if you, uh, read in the Bible, things like that, there were um, extermination campaigns against giants. Uh, I mean, if you read in the Bible, Joshua and Caleb, you know, they, they just kind of go nuts, uh, you know, destroying every man, woman, and child among these uh, tribes that, that had giants in their ranks. And then, uh, you know, so, so you had a lot of that. Um, I think that there were pockets of these uh you know, large statured people in, in the new world, you know, and, um, a lot of them, I think, um, when, the Europeans, uh, with the smallpox and things like that, um, probably got, uh, got wiped out, you know? So I think eventually it's just, um, 
they they just ended up kind of uh you know getting wiped out more or less i i agree i think that 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 makes sense um do you think it's possible like you know like like a smaller human is just sort of fought them and hunted them and killed them for sport and maybe uh, they didn't have the same reproduction abilities as we do i mean that that we that just could, out reproduced them and killed them i mean that could certainly be possible you know in in, in some cases um you know there's tales from um from easter island uh when when the first uh, explorers got to easter island i guess in the 1722 thereabouts that uh that they talked about that there were that there were two types of people on on the island the the biggest group were you know your regular polynesian uh looking people you know average sized people but on the other hand there were these large people and, you know, 10, 12 foot tall, even in, 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 in the reports and that they had, uh, that they were lighter skin and they had reddish. And when, um, you know, years later, when, um, when other groups of explorers came back, there were no trace of these, you know, these 10, 12 foot, tall people so you know your skeptics can be like oh you know it was it was just a bs story but there's a tradition that the um you know that the the smaller polynesian people um actually fought a war and and wipe you know finally wiped them out because i guess they were just tired of uh, being subservient to them and so i you know i would think that there's you know throughout history there's probably a lot of cases of, you know, people rising up and, uh, you know, just getting tired of, uh, of these people. Yeah. I mean, who, who, who wants to be pushed around by a bunch of giants? Yeah. A bunch of bullies. I mean, and, 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 you know, a lot of your, uh, you know, a lot of your stories, um, I mean, it's, it's told over and over throughout the world. Um, there's, uh, there's several, you know, several stories from South America where these, uh, these large, these giants, they, you know, they arrive by, uh, by boat and, um, you know, they push the natives, uh, the natives have to go back all into the mountains to get away from them. And, and the ones who, uh, you know, the giants will come into their villages and, you know, just eat all their food and, um, you know, kill the men and, um, you know, they're just, they're just, uh, just a scourge to the people. And, um, you know, in a lot of the stories, they pray for help. And, uh, you know, in one of the stories, uh, an angel, uh, wipes them out and, and there's other stories, uh, other stories too, but, uh, you know, you can, you can kind of see that. I mean, it's, um, uh, you, you can kind of see how, how these enormous people would, um, uh, just, uh, you know, use their size to intimidate and just, just kind of take what they want. Yeah. Do, do you think there's any credence to some of the myths such as like, um, Paul Bunyan or Jack in the Beanstalk or the Jolly Green Giant? Well, you know, the, the funny thing, you know, um, and I, I, uh, in, in my book that I wrote giants men of renown, um, 
I recounted the uh, the Jack and the Beanstalk tale briefly. That uh, that I believe that uh, that it's you know that that story's true, but in a lot of these uh, you know a lot of these uh, fairy tales or myths, uh, the, these these far fetched stories, they you know, the basis I think kind of comes from somewhere. And I think the interesting thing about the Jack and the Beanstalk tale, right? The giant, um, you know, he lives in a castle in the sky and, and he wants, you know, he smells Jack and he wants to eat him. And, you know, the, the world over, um, and it, and it's not true of all the giant tales, but, quite often very often giants are associated with cannibalism and so i think it's interesting that the uh, that the giant in in the jack and the beanstalk tale you know he wants to eat jack you know he's a you know he's this giant that that you know eats people and that that's something that that you see the world over in these stories and so to me that's that little grain of truth that's kind of uh kind of been handed down and uh kind of makes its way into these uh these other stories and that would also make you know the smaller people want to kill off the big people because they wouldn't want to be eaten yeah <laughs> sure i mean who wants to be food <laughs> yeah not me <laughs> But but that is one of the common denominators is them wanting to eat people, and, yeah. and, and I think I think I've also heard that the idea of them having two rows of teeth is some kind of um, uh, genetic mutation as a result of cannibalism. Yeah, I, that's 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 interesting. Yeah, I hadn't. I that's I've not really studied the. Uh, you know, there's there's some books out there, and and a lot of people have gone a whole lot more in depth with it as far as the, um, uh, the the skulls uh, from these giants, their teeth, uh, shapes of the skulls, and and things like that. And um, you know, that that's interest. That's an interesting point you bring up. Yeah, it, it's a, it is. Interesting. Um, I remember there was a, a TV show on for a little while where these uh, two guys, stonemasons, were looking for giants. Did you see that one? Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, I can't remember the name. Uh, In Search of the Lost Giants or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, In Search yeah, of Giants. Was, yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool show. Um, do you think that there's a possibility that any of these giants still exist in small pockets hiding from humans? You know, I've th that's something I've thought about. And, you know, I suppose that, that, that it's possible. I don't really, um, you know, I, what, what would make me kind of, kind of lead me to think that, um, I know like in the Solomon islands, there are, people who think that they're you know in, in like deep in the mountains you know real remote that that there's a that there's a small pocket of giants that, that live there and you know that's one of those places where it would be hard to um you know it, it would be hard to if you were looking for them that's that's a good place for them to hide right i mean it's it's inaccessible it's um 
you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of way for, uh, for many people to, to, to try to get there. And then if you look, uh, a lot of your, there's a lot of Bigfoot reports and where, you know, they, they, you get it as a Bigfoot report, but the descriptions sometimes tell a little bit different of a story. Like the person will say that, you know, what, whatever they saw was like a wild man, you know, that was 10 feet tall and, um, you know, just it look, look like, you know, a person it, it didn't, didn't have the ape like appearance, uh, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, people describe it as looking like a Neanderthal or, um, you know, something like that. And then, you know, um, so, so that kind of makes you think that, uh, maybe there's some, you know, little pocket of, uh, archaic humans, maybe floating around. I, I, I don't, a whole lot of stock in it but you know i mean who knows how about i have recently uh i think it was just yesterday actually i was reading somewhere uh about somebody saying that there there possibly is a pocket of them uh you know living in some like in some glaciers in alaska well, that, I mean, and again, I mean, that would be, uh, that'd be a great place to, to hide. I mean, it'd, it'd probably be pretty darn tough to, you know, make a living there and, and, you know, feed yourself and everything. But, uh, the interesting thing I would say is if there is this little pocket like that, and I mean, you certainly want, wouldn't be able to explain even, you know, 10% of the Bigfoot reports with it, but, you know, just, just taking, just taking these that, that we're talking about here, that would at least, you know, give you a, a reason why there's so little evidence found, right? If this is an, an archaic human, they're going to be a whole lot better at covering their tracks and, you know, uh, be a lot harder to hunt than, a, than a great ape, you know, you would think. Right. Yeah, m most definitely. You know, I, I think probably the only problem with that theory would be, you know, like you just mentioned, is is a food source. You would need a yeah. food source. I mean, unless they're you know really good fishermen, you know, like, like good at like ice fishing or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it, it would. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It would it would be tough, and then you know, it, it's still even then, it just seems like that they would slip up enough that they're they're just going to expose themselves and 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 it it just seems like it would be hard and and you know you need a you need a you need a breeding population right so so there's there's got to be more than just a couple you know to keep the line going and it just seems like you know we would have found something but yeah who knows hmm. And also, I guess, like with this, living in a small pocket like that, you would end up having to start inbreeding, which would probably cause uh, genetic difficulties. Yeah, I mean, just it, like with us. Yeah, like down the line. Yeah, and yeah, kind of like how we were talking earlier about the, the royal families and their bloodlines, and 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 you, you know, you see that 
you know, in, in some of the old uh, European royalty that, that they had some, in, in some cases, uh, certainly not all, but in some cases they, they had some inbreeding and uh, I can't remember his name, but I remember they, uh, they were talking about this one Royal a while back and how he was kind of like disfigured and everything from inbreeding and, and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, that it's, it seems like that that would would happen with them at some point. Interesting. Um, how about something like the Skinwalker? What, as far as giants go? Yeah, would or? that be categorized as a giant, a spirit? You know, I don't... Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't really hazard a guess so much, but I, I, I could say that, you know, in a lot of your... Um, like, you know, like we were talking about, kind of the uh, uh, elite bloodlines, um, you know, in, in ancient America, that that the uh, a lot of the shamans were among the uh you know the tallest and so i mean there definitely could i mean that that could be right i mean um you know a lot of these giants were uh not so uh not so friendly and um yeah that could be possible hmm. um so how about some other cryptids like what is your opinion on Bigfoot? Well, Bigfoot, you know, that's to me, uh, like I said earlier, um, this is one that I would, I definitely keep an open mind as far as it possibly being something interdimensional. I don't know if it'd be interdimensional or, um, more akin to a ghost maybe uh you know maybe we could be seeing something um you know like uh you know like a like an ancient like you know like a manifestation of something that once existed and um so i keep an open mind i i used to be uh really in the flesh and blood camp that it you know had to be a uh you know an animal but uh the more and more and more I get down the road uh, with this stuff, I kind of lean more toward a, a paranormal explanation. Uh, you know, that, that doesn't mean that uh, I, I'm not a flesh and blood guy. I, I, mm -hmm. I certainly believe that that's, that, that, that that's possible. But the thing um, where I get kind of hung up with, with Bigfoot you know, being something flesh and blood. Now, now what I will say, I'm, uh, I, I believe that Bigfoot is something I'm not, I'm not saying, Oh, well, I don't believe in Bigfoot. No, I, I, I believe it's, it's definite. There's definitely something behind the, uh, the phenomenon, but where I get hung up and have kind of been more leaning towards something, be it interdimensional or, or something like a ghost is just, the it's just the evidence, you know, um, you, you just have, and especially nowadays with, um, the exposure of, um, you know, all of these, uh, TV shows and, you know, you got your uh, internet and Facebook, social media, all, all that stuff. There's just so many more people, you know, looking for these things 
and just nobody's really got any like real hardcore physical i mean the best evidence is there there are some good tracks but you know that's not enough to um you know to be the smoking gun and you know you go in these facebook groups and things like that you know every day somebody will post some pictures of their stick structures and um you know just some depression in the ground that i mean it could be anything you know it's it's just a it's just a depression in the ground you, you can't see any ridges you, you can't see any toes or anything and you know and i don't mean to um and and, and the other thing is nobody finds any any poop right and and i'm not trying to be funny about that but you know you you have these these things they're you know seven eight nine foot i mean i've heard heard uh people describe them as you know being 10 foot tall these you know 800 pound uh creatures and you know there's there's everybody's got a picture of a stick structure but nobody's got a picture of you know a big there should be piles of poop everywhere right and I mean, well, there's no bodies, there's no bones and, you know, maybe, okay. So people say, well, they bury their poop, they bury their dead, but you know, you don't, you should find disturbances in in the soil where you, you, I'm just saying as far as the physical evidence, it's just, it's just lacking, you know, for the number of reports there are out there. I mean, and cause you get reports, uh, you know, in all 50 States, um, and, and in places that, um, uh, I don't think should even could even really, uh, support Bigfoot populations. I mean, these little suburbs in Connecticut and, and Rhode Island for crying out loud, you know, have these, you know, a lot of reports and stuff. So, um, that's why, more and more i've leaned um interdimensional or or something but um you know i believe me every time i'm out in the woods i'm i'm still looking for for the stick structures and tracks and and things like that um what is your take on the patterson gimlin film well i mean you know it's I guess it's a cop-out answer. I don't really know. I lean toward it being real, right? And it that certainly looks more like a flesh and blood creature than, you know, than something interdimensional. I, whatever something interdimensional would look like, I don't know. Right, <laughs> Who knows? Still, I mean, that's one of the problems, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. It just it looks real to me. I I've always kind of. Um, I would say 51%, you know, believe it's real. I mean, I'm not going to certainly, you know, not going to bet a lot of money on it, but, um, but what I will say as, as much more advanced as we have in technology today, as many more people as we have out looking today, that is still the gold standard for uh, a video, right? I mean, I, I've, I've seen, I've seen just dozens and dozens of videos and, uh, that still seems the most genuine to me. I, I totally agree with you. Um, in fact, I would even put 20 bucks on it being real. 
I would, yeah. I mean, I would put, I would, I might even go up to hundred if I, if I uh, got a wild hair, but you know, I'm just not going to uh, like mortgage my house or, <laughs> or break open a retirement account or anything like that and put on it, you know, cause I, you know, who knows? And it's, you know, and, and I know all the controversy I, I know. And, and that's the thing about it, right? For every person that says there's no way this could be a suit. There's somebody that says, oh yeah, well, here's how it could be a suit. And you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. It's interesting. It, it's, um, you know, but the most interesting thing about it to me is that, you know, with everybody, you know, millions of people have a better camera you know in their pocket you know in the form of their phone and we still don't have anything better than that yeah i, I mean i think they got lucky sure yeah you know um i i think there's, there's a couple of things about that video that that one of the things that makes me think it's real is it's female and i have not seen too many female gorilla suits around yeah, that's a good point. And yeah. and then there's the the gate of the walk. I I think that is also very difficult for a person to emulate in a suit. Yeah, that that's probably the thing that um you know sold me the most on it. It's just uh, like you said, just the the strides and and that that really looks real and. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks, I mean, it looks real. I, you know, I, I think it probably is, but I, I just don't know how you could, you know, really, I, I just don't, there's, there, there's no way to prove it. Let's just say that there's just no way to, to prove that you, it's one of those things, you either, either believe it or you don't, you know, I just, uh, I had always just thought that, um, you know, with, uh, cell phone technology and, and everybody having a, a phone with, you know, you don't have to set up that, that big, you know, eight millimeter deal, you mm -hmm. know, now you, you got it right in your pocket, but, uh, I, you, you there's, there's been nothing better, you know, it's, it's, it's oh, amazing. Better. But but there are two other videos that I, I have found. There, there's one that I saw. It was, it was uh, taken from like a cliff or on top of a hill of a Bigfoot walking like across the field in the snow. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. That one looks really good. And there was also a thermal taken not too long ago in Florida of a skunk ape, which is also really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not as familiar with, with the thermal image. I know the one in the snow you're talking about, I guess my biggest problem with, um, anything now, like now, right today, how do you trust any video you, that comes out today? How do you trust any picture that comes out today? That's the biggest problem. And that's why today, um, pictures and 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 video are are almost i mean they're essentially worthless for evidence because you can't uh you know everybody can you know like uh it could like be a, a snapchat filter yeah i mean a seven-year-old can photo do amazing things with just uh with just standard app 
and stuff. Um, not even, not even putting any money in it, you know, and it's, you know, like things that my kids can, can do just doctoring a picture, you know, they'll, you know, they'll take a picture of me and paste my face on, you know, make me look all stupid and everything. And, and they just do this like really easy and quick. And, um, so it's just, it's almost impossible to, uh, to trust a video on its own or, you know, a picture on its own now is, is and that's unfortunate, but yeah, you know, like, um, I'll, I'll tell you like, um, a uh, couple years ago, right. I was, uh, I was out in the mountains and, um, on the Virginia, West Virginia border. And I found some amazing, um, you know, mountain lion tracks and, you know, mountain lions of course aren't really cryptids, but, um, they quote unquote, do not live in Virginia, well, except, <laughs> except they do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're, you're the second person to tell me about this. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they, they do. And, and right there I've got track. I mean, just, I, I took uh, tons of pictures of them and I, you know, measurements, I even took a cast, but it was in the snow and I didn't let it have enough time for it to set up before I had to, had to roll out. And so that my cast kind of broke in half and it wouldn't, uh, it wasn't as good as, as I'd like it to be. But I mean, there's no mistake in mm. what it was. I mean, they're, they're mountain lion tracks, but you know, I just, and, and, you know, I, I would keep going back to places because I know I need more than just the track, right? I need, I need that plus a hair. I need that plus some poop. I need, you know what I'm saying? You need like, like a couple things. So like, right. okay, you can, you can track all you want, you know, but you know, here's the poop that I found, you know, you just, it's like, you need, so you need more than the picture. You know, if you get the Bigfoot picture, you need, you need something else, you know, it's because you just, you just can't trust, uh, you just can't trust photographs anymore. And like, uh, you know, on the internet, uh, pictures of uh, like mountain lion pictures, they'll make the rounds like, Oh, there's, there's, I got a picture of this mountain lion, uh, crossing the road and you know when here in north carolina and then you find out the picture was actually taken in oregon and you know this has been going around for you know a number of years or months or whatever so it's just so hard to trust anything you know i believe that. i mean i mean because you're just a second person to tell me that you you've seen evidence of them in virginia you know, I, yeah, and, I, I had interviewed another Bigfoot guy. Uh, I don't even know him. His name is Daniel Benoit. I know of him. I don't know him, yeah. but I know of and, him. And he was telling me about the mountain lion thing too. And I was like, huh. Yeah, and I've, I mean, I, and that's that's really what I kind of, um, what I was really focusing on. I almost um, kind of abandoned looking for any Bigfoot evidence because, like, so you know mountain lion that's not as sexy as bigfoot right but there's no question that mountain lions exist right. <laughs> you know we know that they exist so now if i could just like prove that they are here you know that's that's like a more manageable task so i really spent a lot of time over the last couple of years and uh but those tracks in the i just i it was just um it was just it was just dumb luck really i was uh, you know i was in an area that I, that i hiked a lot 
and we had just got a pretty, you know, pretty heavy snow and I just found just, just a whole slew of perfect tracks. And, and since then, um, in an area, the way the crow flies, you know, probably about 10 miles from there, you know, I found, you know, what I believe to be mountain lion poop. I mean, I've, I've compared, I didn't send it to anybody for samples, you know, to have it analyzed or anything, but, uh, but I did find that. And then in another area, now this is a good ways from there. This is more like over, um, closer to the blue Ridge, uh, where I found the tracks that was over on the Alleghenies on the, on the uh, West Virginia line. But I, I found a partial track, um, like crossing a trail, there was like just a, like a little spot in the mud, you know, like it had, you know, just, just stepped, uh, like in, you know, like half of its track, like in the mud. And that, that was all I could find there because the rest of the ground was kind of hard, but, um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I know that <laughs> I, I know that that that's something I will bet a paycheck on, you know, I, I know <laughs> that they're in Virginia. Yeah, the, I, I was even like surprised when I moved down here that they actually have some type of uh, bobcats and stuff like that in Alabama. Oh, I, yeah. I, I haven't seen them, but I've heard about them. Yeah, there you you'll uh, yeah there you really don't see them. They're more um, you, you really have to be out at night to uh, to run into them. I mean, sometimes you could you could just get dumb lucky and see one in the day, but they're uh, that's something you're probably only going to see at night. And I mean, as as much time as I've spent in the woods in my life, uh, it's only just a handful of times have I even seen one. You know, but uh, you you hear them a lot. You know, mm-hmm. you hear them. Yeah, they they've got just the uh, most god awful scream. It, it sounds like a like a like a woman being attacked almost. It's just, I mean, it's bone chilling when you hear them scream. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting too. Like even like where I grew up, you know, um, you know, I would say like the first half of my life, I never even saw a fox. But as it became more and more populated. You know, and, and they lost their territory, places to live. Then you start seeing them, too. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good point. Like, um, I would say the same um, in Virginia uh, with with bears. Um, you know, if you've always had a had a bear population and stuff, but um, you know, like in the uh, and I don't hunt anymore. But, uh, like when I was young, you know, I used to hunt with my, with my grandfather mm-hmm. and uncles and things like that. But, um, you know, you would like never, ever see a bear. I mean, if you saw a bear, that was something that you would tell that story like for several days, right. About, you know, you're, you're the guy that saw the bear. But now, I mean, they're like, um, in the suburbs <laughs> place, <laughs> you just see bears just like, um, 
remember this house that I lived in and it was, it was, you know, I mean, there was some rural land around, but it was, it was fairly suburban. A lot of, um, you know, little subdivision, maybe exurbs, I guess would be a better word for it. But, you know, they just, uh, it was nothing to see a bear just go walking through your yard and stuff. And, uh, I think it's, you know, the result of a lot of the development and, and plus, uh, you know, since the, uh, I guess since the eighties and nineties, uh, there's been a lot more conservation efforts with uh, a lot of your wildlife. And I, I think a lot of that's kind of paid off too. Yeah. It's, it's good that they've done that in, in areas, you know, I think you should do it everywhere really have yeah. some land for wildlife to live. Yeah. Um, you know, like unfortunately where I lived like New Jersey, they just kind of just wiped it out completely. Yeah. You know, like, like, for example, turkeys, I didn't know we had turkeys there until, oh, really? until they built up so much that the turkeys are like in your backyard. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're, uh, what's the word they're, they're, uh, they're really resilient in how that, um, they can, they can still thrive though. You know, these, especially like deer, uh, turkeys and stuff mm-hmm. and these bears, uh, even even being forced closer and closer to people they uh, you know they still manage to uh you know keep pretty heavy populations and things that's because they just eat our leftovers <laughs> yeah, i guess so <laughs> and our gardens our shrubs and grass yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so other cryptids like dogman and mothman what do you think of those? Like, I know, like, down here, like, I live in, like, you know, like I said, I live in Alabama, but I'm not far from Louisiana. And, Louis, like, in Louisiana, like, Dogman is huge. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, like, like in Louisiana, if, if the Dogman's so big because of, like, the old, uh, what is it, Rougarou or Loop Guru, however you say it, those, those old legends, uh, it might be a lot to do with it. And, uh, yeah, that's one of those... Um, dog man i mean what could it be because i mean if you think about it an upright canine that's not really to me something that could exist in nature you know i mean it, the, the think about the physiology of a dog's legs right holding up you know something that big and, and walking like that um you know i mean a dog or a big dog or even a wolf i mean they, you know they can stand on their on their hind legs and and kind of walk like for a trick for a little while mm-hmm. but but you know not the way that people describe these things you know and so i i've always believed that you know maybe in some cases and and this of course is assuming that bigfoot exists maybe it could be a mistaken bigfoot um in some cases there's um i think in you know in some cases uh it could be other mistaken animals um one example and, and i know it sounds stupid but um i think uh like escape and uh, runaway kangaroos could uh, resemble a dog man under certain That's circumstances. That's an interesting thing because there I, are people down here who have kangaroos. Yeah, you would be shocked. I've I've actually uh, actually devoted uh, quite a bit of research into this, and um, 
And really what got me going down this road and any of your listeners just do and just, just type in kangaroos are scary. And I, you'll, you'll be shocked at some of the videos like from, uh, from, like from Australian stuff, you know, you'll, you'll see these kangaroos and, you know, standing on their hind legs and, you know, like banging on, uh, uh, screen doors and, and storm doors and stuff. And I mean, it's absolutely terrifying. And you think if, um, let's just say, you know, I'm just some guy, you know, in Alabama or, or Virginia and you see a kangaroo at night, you're not going to think, Oh, yeah, that's, that's a kangaroo. You know, they've got the long snouts, you know, they've got, they got the big ears. They, and they have, and I didn't know this till I, you know, really started looking at these videos and think, I didn't realize how long they, their claws were. They got like these really long claws. And of course they've got the, they got the long tail. Some dogmen reports, they have tails. Sometimes they don't. And I know it sounds stupid to say that it could be a uh, mistaken kangaroos in some cases, but I'm telling you, I have found just dozens of um, newspaper articles where, you know, escape kangaroos and um, uh, tons of um, articles, uh, you know, on, on the internet. Uh, you know, like from news stations and things about uh, runaway kangaroo captured. And, and a lot of times, I mean, these things are out for days or weeks. And sometimes I've, I've found a bunch where, where they're never even found. Mm -hmm. And these are the ones that we know about. So, you know, you know that there's that there's a black market where people import and, and, and buy exotic animals. I mean, you know, look at, look at the tiger King documentary, right? Mm -hmm. You think, uh, you think all these guys are, are, uh, properly registering and licensing their kangaroos and stuff. And some States you're not allowed to have them. So if you're some guy with more money than brains and, you know, you just want to have a pet kangaroo on your place and, um, look at, uh, on YouTube, um, there's a video where, uh, where this guy's, uh, in Oklahoma hunting and it's, it's, I think there's a little bit of snow on the ground even, or it's kind of sleeting and icy. And in the middle of a field, this kangaroo just goes bouncing across him. So, I mean, it sounds stupid, but these things, there are more escaped runaway kangaroos than, than you could, you could possibly imagine. And so I think that that could actually fill uh, a, you know, a small portion of dog men reports. But, uh, I think for the most part that, uh, the dog man thing is, is you're talking something more with a paranormal explanation. I think I like the kangaroo explanation. I never thought of that. And and it also makes me think like the pythons in Florida, you know, like sure, like if if they was if they get loose and they start reproducing, who knows yeah. how many kangaroos are out there? Well, and and I, you know, you a lot of people don't realize it, but I mean, kangaroos they can um, they can live in cold weather. Now they're not going to do good in in. Uh, minnesota where they get real deep snow mm -hmm. but you know um even even places like oklahoma and you know um, virginia you know where you just get kind of uh, you know moderate snow right. 
they they can survive uh, they can they can survive in snow and they would probably th thrive in louisiana <laughs> they they would probably do and and like in the southwest i mean they would really do good you know like in a you know more like a desert uh warmer desert mm -hmm. environment like what they're used to but uh, they say that as long as the uh the kangaroo has you know, is here and has enough time to, um, like grow in a thicker coat that it can do just fine in the winter, you know, not now, you know, of course, like I said, we're not talking, you know, Minnesota or North Dakota winter, but you know, uh, your places that are a little more, uh, temperate. Interesting. Yeah. I, I had different theories about dog man too. You know, one was the Bigfoot. When it is possibly a bear, I never thought of the kangaroo angle. Well, the uh, all, the and, bear. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. And, and, and the other one I have is that, um, you know, maybe the government has been messing around with cloning and crossbreeding and created something that got loose. Well, I mean, I guess that's always possible. You know, I mean, I, I don't know how you could prove anything like that, but yeah, I mean, unless you catch one. <laughs> yeah i i don't I, I i think you can never rule out something like that but um your your bear um your your bear thing um if you look at bears uh look at some pictures of bears with mange you know they look really kind of kind of funky they don't even look like bears anymore and if you picture that standing like on its uh mm -hmm. you know hind legs i think that's a that's a pretty good uh ex explanation too yeah and if they have bad enough mange that would make them probably kind of aggressive and angry which would explain some of that aggressive behavior too yeah and, yeah. and the kangaroo thing because like, kangaroos are known to be aggressive also yeah and that's a, that's kind of the thing that that lent you know led me toward that was uh you know reading up on um um yeah i mean especially uh you know your your really large male kangaroos i mean they're they're they can be kind of mean and and so you would think that one that uh you know is kind of out of its element um and uh you know on the loose mm -hmm. you know pro probably scared um they they could definitely uh show some aggression hmm. yeah i could i could that's, a, that's something I'm going to have to look into because I know people here have kangaroos, but I wonder one I was like, I don't even know why people have these things. <laughs> I guess because they can. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like even uh, like uh, I, I found some uh, some ones even up in New Jersey. There was uh, I, I'd found where some kangaroos got loose up there and stuff, and I'm like people have kangaroos in new jersey but yeah i mean it's like it's like almost any state you can find some reports and uh i'd found some from uh, hawaii way back where uh some kangaroos had escaped from a circus and they never found them and a few years later they'd uh they some people had seen some uh, baby kangaroos where they'd uh you know gotten loose so at least, at least in uh, in a small part of Hawaii, there mm -hmm. at least for a time, there uh, had been some uh, breeding kangaroos. Definitely possible. Um, 
So how about some of your paranormal stuff? Like you've also done some paranormal investigation and wrote a book on that also. Yeah, you know, I um I and uh I in I, I wouldn't really consider myself a paranormal investigator, I guess, but I you know, I do like to um check out places that are, you know, known for hauntings and, you know, things like that and um and like I like I've said, a lot of your um, your stranger cryptids, I um, you know I kind of attribute a lot of that stuff to you know something paranormal. And by paranormal, I mean I guess that could mean anything, um, you know, interdimensional, you know, some some sort of ash that that sort of thing. So I'm always open to to those kind of interpretations. But um, yeah, I've uh, kind of uh, always been a hobby of mine uh you know traveling and you know visiting these quirky places where uh you know weird things have happened uh, stuff like that um you know like i went to um not too long ago i went to uh, that hopkinsville uh, area where the little green men uh in 1955 that uh little story where the family in Kentucky uh, got in a shootout with these, <laughs> these floating uh, little green men or whatever. And I like to just visit places like that. And, you know, I, I just, I'm just kind of into anything weird, basically. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. I, I I've done some paranormal investigation. Um, never really found anything, but, you know, I I do think that there's just a lot that we don't know. That that there's too many. There's a lot of unexplained phenomena. Yeah, I mean, I've 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 captured you know some a couple EVPs at some places that are supposed to be haunted. Um, I've uh, taken some pretty interesting pictures, but you know, it's like any anytime you you take a picture and it looks like it's got an apparition in it you know some people are gonna oh wow that that's interesting then everybody and then everybody else is either gonna be ah that's bs or or you photoshop that let me you know let me see the original picture and the timestamp and you know all that so i usually don't really post anything like that I've, i've got a collection of some you know pretty neat pictures we've taken but um you know my wife she um she's not into this stuff like i am but at the same time she's very sensitive as far as um uh ghosts and uh or whatever a ghost is right but you know like like those kind those kind of things um uh she she has seen a lot of things you know, like looking, like seeing like full bodied apparitions and, and things like that, you know, when, when she's been with me, um, and think things that I just, I just don't pick up. I mean, as far as being a sensitive, I'm, I'm about as sharp as a hammer, but she, she's very sensitive to a lot of those things. And, um, so, um, I kind of, uh, you know, lean on her pretty heavily if we, uh, you know, go to a haunted place. 
so so what is the strangest thing that you've encountered the strangest thing oh wow oh well that's hard to say uh I mean, I I think probably, and it's not really, it's not really anything that, uh, I mean, I, 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 I've seen a ghost before and, you know, I saw a UFO, but I think the strangest thing that has happened to me, I was at this, um, I was at this old church, um, that was uh really known for being haunted right it's it's just got a reputation uh people will tell you that you know i was there and this happened and that happened it's 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 an old historic church and back in the day you know it's like all padlocked and everything Mm -hmm. now but like back in the back in the 80s and 90s you know people would like go there and party and stuff like that (laughs) but um you know i i'd been up there um like like around midnight on you know on a summer night and um you know it just i don't know like if anybody's read like some of the john keel stuff i I believe it was in um i think it was in mothman prophecies that book but anyway he was talking about how he was driving along in this place and all of a sudden just this overwhelming fear just like gripped him you know and that happened to me and it's 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 just the it's just the damnedest thing it's just i was at this place it's it's this little church and there's this um there's this really weird uh the, the cemetery is really weird it's it's just laid out all the graves are just there's some going diagonal there's some horizontal and there's and and it's like a portion of the graves it's all grown up it's just a really spooky place and um i mean i was walking around the back side of the church and just all of a sudden man just this i mean i was almost paralyzed i don't think i've ever been so scared in all my life and i just um i i just can't explain it it was um i don't know i I just can't explain it but uh it's like i don't know if um you know if some kind of um electrical impulse or something hit me but it was almost um it was almost like something hit me and all of a sudden i just became so scared that uh i i couldn't stand it i just i just got out of there as fast as i could it sounds like um, to me like a reaction that a lot of people get from infrasound. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That's that's what it sounds like, and uh, and I have heard and 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 even read about the weapons that have been developed for crowd control. Um, you know, using infrasound technology. You know, where the where that beam you know hits the crowd, and all of a sudden they just get this rush of fear and just run in the other direction. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it could be. And I mean, maybe these, uh, ghosts or entities or whatever a ghost is, right. I mean, we, we don't know what they are, but, uh, maybe these entities, uh, you know, emit some kind of frequency like that. And, uh, who knows? 
Possibly. I mean, I, I've even heard rumors of, of uh, Bigfoots, you know, using infrasound, like when they howl. I, I have heard that a lot, too, and a lot of people think that, and, um, you know, and, and I think, I guess, I'm not, it's not something that I've really researched, but I think that there are animals that, that do uh, emit some kind of infrasound. Lions do. So. Okay, so see there. So we know that that's uh, possible in the in the animal kingdom. So, um, you know, and you hear a. I mean, I I've heard a lot of um, you know Bigfoot reports where you know people just become overwhelmed with fear and 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 even uh, describe a feeling of becoming disoriented, e- even nauseous, and those are things that um, infrasound could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a good explanation for that type of uh, feeling. But but it's just it was just I mean just so creepy and just like it's just an awful feeling. I mean I, I can't uh, I just can't really explain it real well. And uh, you know it's just I don't want to experience it again. I'll say that. <laughs> it's definitely interesting, you know. Um, like, like when that happened to you, like, 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 did you feel it physically? Like, did you even get, did you get nauseous or feel shaky or disoriented? I, got, I felt shaky. Um, I didn't feel nauseous. Um, I, I did feel, feel very shaky. I, I can't really remember if I would say if I felt disoriented or not, because I, you know, I knew exactly where my car was. And, uh, but, but I guess I will say that I guess my, uh, Maybe my uh, mm, judgment or or reaction uh, reaction time I think was was a lot slower because you know I knew I wanted to get out of there I wanted to get out of there as fast as I could I knew where my car was but it, it was almost like I was kind of like in slow motion almost like right. you know it's like okay legs let's get moving and you know it's like you know I'm, I'm wanting to go to the car but i'm kind of like for lack of a better uh cliche uh frozen in place almost wow um so so do you have any are you working on anything now any new books or any research yeah um my uh my book uh it came out in september so i've been kind of busy uh trying to plug that and promote that but uh i've i've got another book coming out um i've already i've well i've almost finished it but it's uh i've uh, got a date with the publisher it's going to be published by the uh, history press and the name of the book is uh, strange tales from virginia's mountains and it comes out on um, April the 18th, uh, 19th, I'm sorry, April the 19th. And it's divided into three sections. The first section deals with um, uh, some of your cryptids and um, uh, that, that sort of thing. The next section uh, delves into a little bit of uh, hidden history. And the, uh, the last uh, chapter is just kind of weird stuff in general. So uh, anybody that's interested in, in that, you, you don't really have to care about local things in Virginia. Like somebody from, uh, from Nevada could uh, pick up this book and enjoy it. There's, there's going to be some cool, uh, cool stories in there. That sounds really interesting. 
Um, you'll have to uh, come back on when you get that out. Yeah, I'd love to. Definitely would be an interesting topic to talk about. I, I like the local stuff. Yeah, I, I do too. I've always enjoyed the local stuff and, uh, you know, the, the company, the history press, they, they publish a lot of that. And, um, I was just kind of kicking a, an idea around about, about doing something like that. And they, they really like the, like the concept and, uh, just to give a little, uh, a little, um, uh, glimpse uh, you know like i i talk about uh i've got a whole chapter about some of the uh, mountain lion sightings in virginia i go a little bit into um you know like some of the wood booger tales down in uh, southwestern virginia and then i've uh, you know in another section i talk about the uh, the beal treasure um you know supposedly buried in, Vir- mm-hmm. in virginia and um you know I, I i've got a little section on uh, some uh, UFO sightings and alien abductions, you know, it kind of covers the gamut of, uh, of all kinds of weird things. And, uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun and, and I think people will like it. That sounds really cool. I, I should do some research on my own local area. See if there's anything here. You oh, know? I, I th- it seems like every place, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. If you, uh, just delve into it a little bit, you, you'll be shocked at what you, <laughs> what yeah. you find. I mean, like New Jersey had a lot, you know, because there's like there was even like a magazine called Weird New Jersey. Yeah, but but down here in Alabama, I don't know, but I mean there has to be because I mean Mobile's like one of the oldest cities. Oh yeah, I'm sure you got all kinds of good uh, like Civil War ghosts and and things like that down yeah. there. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, you um, should. So where can my listeners find you? Yeah, um, I've got a website, uh, denvermichaels.net. Um, just look up uh, Denver Michaels on Amazon. I've uh, got all, all of my books there. Uh, author Denver Michaels on, uh, on YouTube and on Facebook, and I'm also on Twitter. Awesome. And uh, what I'll do is I'm going to end the notes to this episode. What I'll do is I will post uh, – I'll put your website on there, and okay. I'll also – um, add a link to your uh, page on Amazon so people can find your books. Okay, awesome. All right, and thanks for coming on today. Taking right, time man, to talk appreci- to me. Yeah, appreciate it, man. It's a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.